thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I'm Damien Christoph. We're missing Brett Hill and Lawrence Tam once again, and I'm joined by my magnificent, incredible, handsome mate, Marcus <laughs> Pierce. He's the CEO of the Wellness Couch, the co-host of 100 Not Out, the co-host of Inside the Champion's Mind. This is a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness into your lives. Welcome to the show, Marcus Pierce. Damien Christoph, so awesome to be on. I feel like we're doing 100 Not Out together, except this goes for 10 minutes longer, which in many ways, Damo, is 10 minutes more awesome because we do get a lot of feedback from our 100 Not Out. I'm going, can't you make more. interviews longer? Yeah. But we, can, we like but to we live. Them. To. We like to keep them hanging just for a little <laughs> bit. Do. But uh, I am absolutely pumped to get into half an hour tonight with a beautiful lady by the name of Adele McConnell. Now, a lot of people might not know Adele McConnell when I say Adele McConnell, but no, well, I wouldn't have had you said Adele. When McConnell. I say Adele McConnell is the name behind the face, or shall I say the head, the hugely <laughs> popular Veggie Head Facebook page. Adele is the effervescent founder of VeggieHead.com, a place where saucy, tempting recipes live and inspiring words touch hearts. She is, in her own words, ready to rock our world. She's going to change, Damo, the way you and I and all of our listeners see vegan food forever. She's joining us from her new place up on the Sunshine Coast. Adele, it's a very warm welcome to you on The Wellness Guys. Hi, guys. How are you going? We're going awesome. We are going (laughs) awesome. Now, there is so much to talk about here, Adele. I know we've had a number of uh, vegans on the uh, Wellness Guys before. We've had a number of paleo and a number of primal and all kinds of in-betweens. But you've got a fascinating story to tell. There's so many different places to start. But do you want to tell us kind of how you got into the vegan world? From what I understand, you got into a what must have been a terrible place of adrenal fatigue and that was really yep. the catalyst for you having a look at your own health. Do you want to take us through how it all began for you? Yeah, absolutely. Look, it was a, it was a mixture of a number of things. It was adrenal fatigue, you know, being burnt out from working really, really long hours in a high-pressure job um, and it was just, you know, a lot of things that had built up over time and I, you know, really went back to went back to my diet and, you know, you know when you know, you're in a high school in year 12 and everyone's stressed out and there's all this pressure and you know for a long time they couldn't work out what was wrong with me and they kept saying you know you've got glandular fever you've got this you've got that and none of the answers sat right with me so you know I was 17 16 or 17 and I went off to a naturopath and he said to me he goes you know get rid of wheat get rid of dairy and um and see how you go so that was the first the first two things I did I was like yep no more wheat no more dairy um and that I was very, very strict on that for two years and I was never much of a meat eater anyway and it was really for my health that I took a great look at it and I went, well, you know, this is making me feel so much better and I'm going to continue on with this. So that's really where it all started. And, you know, as time went on and and I tried different things and the one thing that I kept coming back to was, you know, meat doesn't sit well for me and, you know, just in terms of the way that I feel afterwards, it just never resonated well with my body. So I just steered clear of it and it's really as simple as that. (laughs) That's cool. That is cool. It is cool. Hey, Adele, I'm just wondering, Mm -hmm. uh, just... I, I have seen your website. I love it. It's a beautiful website, by the way. And if you, if you haven't been to the website, everybody listening, you should go check it out because there's some really cool stuff, really Thank yummy you. looking recipes in there too. Um, I, I've, over the last 16 years of being a naturopath, I've seen heaps of people with adrenal fatigue and mm-hmm. heaps of people with chronic fatigue syndrome and 
you know, all and glandular fever, you know, all of that same sort of stuff. And I've mm-hmm. been guided by Peter Diadamo's work, and he does the blood type thing, right? Yes. So I've found that a lot of people who can't eat meat, and <laughs> Peter Diadamo says this too, he yep. says that if you've got type A blood, you shouldn't be having meat. <laughs> Have you got type A blood? I'm A positive, yes. Wow. And look, that has been, I remember even being young and my mum would say to me, you know, you've got to eat meat. And I would go, mum, I don't want it. Like, I don't feel like it. And, you know, she would, she would, you know, try and get me to eat it back when I was, you know, five or six. And I just never wanted it. So it was, it was great in the fact that, you know, my mum and dad are great cooks and they would always experiment with different things for me. And we always had a lot of veggie food in my house so it was never a stretch for my family to to make me something different as I was growing up and I sort of got to the age of you know 15 or 16 and I remember coming home and I think mum had um mum had made roast pork and I sat down and I said I looked at mum and dad and I said I actually can't eat it anymore like that's it and up until that point I think I'd only had chicken and tuna um, you know, in the 10 years preceding that. And when I'd sat down for dinner and I just went, I can't, I can't even look at it. I can't smell it. It just doesn't make me feel good. It sits funny in my stomach. Um, I get really bad reflux. I just feel yuck. Yeah. So mum and dad just sort of went, well, yeah, you don't really eat it anyway. As long as I was getting all of my nutrients from, from other things, uh, they were really, really supportive of that. Yeah, that's cool. I love that. Yeah. See, Peter Diadamo could be right. Well, <laughs> it's so common. It's amazing. You know, I ask people the question all the time. I look at what they're eating and then I'll, I'll say, are you this? And they go, yes, how did you know? I just, oh, you know, just lucky. But it, it is amazing how accurate that actually is. So that's very cool. I'm at, I'm at ease now because being a, a naturopath and a type O blood person, yeah. um, I kind of go, oh, people do need protein. And I worry about people who go vegan who yes. don't get enough protein because they might just do the french fire vegan version oh or, or they might do the you know the the bread and cake version of of vegan you know you can do vegan poorly and you can do vegan beautifully and i've seen thriving vegans and i've seen you know really struggling vegans what do you think what do you think is the number one thing that vegans do well and what do you think is the number one thing that vegans do poorly look i can you know i can come at this from a few angles and i can come of it come at it from a bit of a controversial angle if you want me to yeah let's do controversy uh, yeah go on let's rip it let's get it yeah. of you want controversy <laughs> oh, that's right uh, so look i mean you know one thing that vegans do really really well is obviously the compassion side and you know they're beautiful to animals they support they support animals and and they're compassionate but one thing that they do really really poorly in my eyes is scare other people away and or, you know they scare they scare people away by I suppose forcing it upon them and that was where you know my whole philosophy came from and why I started my website um I was sick of being you know bombarded with these graphic images and videos of you know animals in pain and you know writhing on you know slaughterhouse floors it really didn't sit well with me I'm sensitive to that and I don't like to see it and it's really just one of those other things that we're bombarded with in life that I just think we don't really need uh, some people respond quite well to that scare tactic and they, you know, I've heard people say to me, I went vegan overnight when I saw, you know, this DVD. That's great. Earthlings. Uh, oh, God, the vegan. <laughs> they call it the vegan maker. So, Earthlings, you know, so people, yeah. People respond really, really well to that. I didn't and it would upset me and to the point now even where, you know, rescue, rescue sites with dogs on them, like, I, I cry like I get in, I get really really upset I get teary because I don't like seeing you know animals being mistreated and it uh, it's sort of one of those things I just think 
oh, guys, can we just do it nicely? Can you just show the positives of being vegan? Show the nice food and let them know that they can actually enjoy everything that they were eating beforehand with a couple of simple adjustments. And that's where I come from. So it can be done well and it can be done really poorly in that aspect. In terms of food, I believe that you know, no one does vegetables like a great vegan or a great vegetarian. And, you know, once you've got your veggies down pat, you know how to make a really great salad, you know, forget about limp lettuce leaves and, you know, some chopped up tomatoes. Like, oh, I won't even touch that. Forget about that and get with the good stuff. Get with the times. You know, look at all your amazing, the amazing abundance of food out there that people can actually eat if they know what they're doing. So they can absolutely do that well. But again, you know, they can do it really, really poorly. As you said, there's, you know, cake and bread vegans. There's, you know, I call them junk food vegans. There are a lot of people that I know that live a vegan diet, which is great, but they eat vegan junk food and they go out and they specifically look for food that's labeled vegan, that's junk food. And, you know, people say, oh, Oreos are vegan. That's great. I'm like, are you kidding me? Why would you eat an Oreo? <laughs> yeah, and this is this is what I remember. Uh, Rich Roll it might have been live on the Wellness Guys demo, but at a real great. Uh, I think you were sharing it demo, and and Rich said, um, and Rich is a vegan uh, triathlete, and he yeah. said, look, everyone goes on about should I be paleo? Should I be vegan? Should I be vegetarian? And what everyone misses the point on is that all of these diets are actually saying cut out the crap. Cut out the cans of Coke, cut out the Oreos, cut out the Mars bars, even if they're vegetarian, cut out the chips, cut out all of that. Yes, they're all vegetarian and yes, they're all vegan, but it's not making anyone healthy. And that's what all the diets are saying is cut out all of the processed foods and then find out what sits with you. You said it with so much wisdom at the beginning. You realize when you were younger that meat just didn't sit with you. And I kind of wrote down, that's like the Gandhi diet. That was what Mahatma Gandhi always said was he just noticed what sat well within him and what didn't Mm. and that's where so much common sense needs to come into what we put into our mouth these days not what's right or what's wrong what actually sits well with us yes we forget we forget to listen to our bodies and you know we've become you know as i said the bombardment of life and you know we all claim to be so busy we can't do everything we want to do we've got technology in our faces all the time we've always got a phone in our hand and a laptop in front of us and you know tvs blaring everywhere we get so distracted that we actually forget to just sit and be and, you know, listen to our own bodies. And what I do um, in a lot of my cooking workshops is I talk about intuitive eating and intuitive cooking. And it's just about listening to your bodies. And I, I don't advocate for, you know, anyone, just anyone to turn vegan because I believe that there are people out there that, that do require that protein element in their diet. And and that comes purely from a health um, aspect, you know, I've been in the health industry for a long time. I know naturopaths. I know traditional Chinese medicine doctors. Uh, I've been around these people, you know, most of my adult life, and I know that there are people that thrive, um, as you said, Damien. There are people that thrive, and there are people that fail. Yeah. Uh, and they, you know, the people that that thrive are the people that really do go inside and just listen to themselves. I don't feel great when I when I eat a really crappy loaf of bread, but if I eat a really good quality sa- a slice of sourdough bread, I love it, and my body. Res- responds well and I enjoy it and I'm not going to deny myself a little bit of bread because I know what works well for me so it's just listening we've got to listen to ourselves oh we like this girl Damo don't we I'm liking it (laughs) I like this girl she's a good one yes Um, now 
uh, Adele, I have to ask you. I have a feeling you might have been there. Uh, just a feeling. Um, I was at a David Wolf event probably <laughs> well eighteen months ago. Yeah. Were you there? Uh, yes, I was there. I was okay. there at the last one and the one before that as well. Yeah. Well, I only say I think you might have been there because it was in Melbourne. Um, yes. And I know you used to be in Melbourne, but um, if you remember, he spoke about how. Uh, what you touched on earlier, how vegans can sometimes be the worst people in the world because they are so evangelical. And he would have been talking to, I'm guessing, 50% of the room would have yep. been vegan. Absolutely. And he was saying that vegans can be the worst type of people to hang around because when you're around them, they almost tell you without you actually saying anything that they're vegan mm-hmm. and and they want to push it push it on you. And I was vegan for six years and I yep. put my hand up. There was a period of my life. Oh, I yep. just didn't uh, want to hang around with Mark. I did a shock. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's not true. That's you didn't know true. me. You didn't know me yeah. when I went through this place. Though. If you think I was evangelical then, you should have known me before that. Goodness but, um, but, you know, I would have been 25, I think, and really just thought that I really was on a pedestal thinking doing Amway. People, you would have been doing Amway as well. Oh, doing Amway, doing all kinds of things. Yeah wasn't drinking alcohol, was not eating meat, was thinking that there was this absolute perfection in life and it was pretty much uh, being vegan and doing other things. And I was on a pedestal thinking everyone else just hasn't got it yet. They haven't quite evolved to this place of perfection and realized uh, it took me three or four or five years to realize that I, I was the one that had it all wrong. Um, but how do, you, how do you go with this? I mean, being, being a rock star in the vegan world, uh, I know when David Wolf said it, there was a real hush in the room, like it was quite confronting. But I would, I would imagine with 50,000 plus Facebook followers, you would have to deal with this at some point with mm-hmm. people. Yeah, and look, it's a, you know, it's a great question. I, I really come from the standpoint that we are all human beings doing the absolute best that we can um, in this day and age, we are living each day. Everyone has got. Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? By the way, can I drop an S bomb? You can drop an S bomb. You can say the S bomb, yes. But we yeah. do have thirteen-year-old listeners. You know, I okay, we're well, going to yes. do that then. Yes. But look, everyone's so she's, willing. We spell it in our in our house. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think I'd struggle if I had kids around. Here. <laughs> but everyone's doing the best that they can in their own lives, and we've all got you know, our own stuff to deal with. And some people just can't, you know, some people don't need the added stress of, you know, worrying about, you know, eating this or not eating that. Some people just don't need that added stress. So we're all doing the best we can. And the way I look at it is that, you know, when no one's perfect, but we're all perfectly imperfect. So we all are absolutely amazing as we are. No one needs to change a thing. However, in terms of food-wise, you want to, you know, better your health, then you're going to start cleaning up your act, obviously. I remember him saying that and I thought in my head at the time that he said that that he was going to cop a lot of slack and he has over the years. And I, I've met David Wolf a number of times. I've worked um, not closely with him but closely enough to get a feel for the sort of guy he is and he's come a big 360 sort of as well. You know, he used to be quite hardcore when it came to the vegan stuff and then when I saw him last year he came from a different standpoint and his standpoint instead was let's just all try and be as healthy as we possibly can yeah reduce yeah and look it's it's all about just reducing the meat consumption in my eyes as well just purely for people's health you know reduce the meat consumption and let's see what happens but I have copped it myself I have been 
you know, attacked by fellow vegans uh, over the years for, um, you know, silly things like the fact that my husband eats meat. And my husband, when I first met him, when, when he wasn't my husband, when I first met him, he came from a family that they would eat meat seven nights a week and they didn't have anything else that they would enjoy to eat. So we moved in together and he goes, well, what are, what are we eating? And I would, I'd go, well, this is, all, this is my vegetarian food. And he, I, I love him. Like he just had this huge adjustment period and it's so funny. He went away to the USA. Uh, we were both away on opposite sides of the continent um, last year and we met, we met back at home and he said to me, he said, all I want to eat is vegetables. He's like, can you please make me some vegetables? He had not eaten veggies while he was away. He'd just eaten you know, meat and burgers and, um, you know, what do they call them over there? Buffalo wings, like those chicken wings. Oh. <laughs> and he, he came home and he said, all I want to eat is your vegetables. He went away for four days on a fishing trip earlier in the year. Again, came home. He said, all we ate was barbecue while I was away. Like, can you please make me some veggies? He does not call himself a vegetarian and I think he would kill me if I called him that. But I, I say he's a bit more of a flexitarian. So he's flexible with his food. He, you know, if he goes out with the boys, he'll eat a steak or a chicken parma. When he's at home with me, he eats vegetarian or vegan food. Sometimes he'll add like a bit of cheese to his pasta or something. Mm-hmm. But everything else is the things, are the things that I make him. And he loves it. And I've never forced it upon him. And that's the key. I have let him make his own decisions and I've let him watch me thrive and enjoy this beautiful food and this gorgeous, you know, these gorgeous, delicious meals. And I've let him come to me and say, I want your vegetables. I want your dishes. So I think that's, that's, that's wisdom right there. Just let people do their own thing. And once they see you thriving and looking well and your skin's going, your eyes, eyes are clear, if it suits you, they will come to you. They will, they will find out about it and they will want to try your food. I was thinking, I see it's kind of like the Pied Piper, but it's more like Moses, isn't it? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know they'll, they'll just they'll have it. I reckon that's really cool. I find it amazing that uh, the vegan people can be so kind to animals but so nasty to humans. I don't understand that. I ask myself that a lot and that's it really, really bothers me. They, you know, in my eyes there's no judgment and I... I wouldn't be in a marriage with someone who ate meat sometimes if I was a judgmental person. So we are all, as I said, we are all perfectly imperfect. We're all trying to do our, our own thing and trying to get by in life. And I just think that if we were a little bit kinder to our fellow neighbor, um, be nice to people and just let them, I don't even tell anyone. Like when people meet me, I say, hi, I'm Adele. What do you do? I say, I'm an author. They say, oh, what's your, what's your book called? What's your website? And I tell them if they ask me and I'll often go, oh, it's called, you know, the vegan cookbook. And I'll say, oh, but I'm not a crazy vegan. Like I'm not one of those. I'm not going to not. <laughs> Isn't it a shame that you need to do that these days? I, I find that sometimes even, you know, as a chiropractor, I find it difficult. You know, I go to different parties and I find I've got to justify it. But we shouldn't have to because, okay. you know, we all are out there doing a great job, trying to help each other live an incredible life. And, and you know, good on you for, for living a vegan lifestyle. One of my best mates, Brian Kelly in, in the U.S., he's, a, he's the president of a chiropractic college over there. He's a vegan. And, uh, and we still go out for dinner together. It's, it's totally fine. It's all good. Now, moving away from the kitchen, away yes. from the kitchen, because... You know, we can't always stay in the kitchen. Um, <laughs> obviously, you you wouldn't wear leather shoes, and you wouldn't be you know using any any other products with animal you know anything in them, which is which is all good and well. Some people be going, they're going, oh my gosh, like how how is it possible to live a vegan lifestyle? Like because it means vegan means 
no animal anything, doesn't it? It's no animal anything in your house. It's um, it's funny. It's sort of come from a place of you know living a vegan lifestyle to eating a vegan diet. They're really they're really poles apart um, in my eyes. I've got um, a pair of boots that I bought. Oh, maybe 10 years ago and they're vintage. They're, they're from Mexico. They're these gorgeous cowboy boots. They're leather and I refuse to part with them. I've got, you know, a faux fur jacket that my grandmother gave me from, you know, the 1960s and I've, you know, been slammed for wearing that. It's faux, <laughs> but, you know, people have gone, well, how can you wear that? It's fake fur. And I was like, well, yeah, it's a fake fur jacket. But, <laughs> That's you what know, faux means. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, Books, books, for example, books have got um, glue that bind them together that are actually made from um, rendered down animal products. Really? I think just fats and stuff. Yeah, and wow. th- and that's the thing. You're yeah, never going to really escape it. Pa- yeah, I mean, parts of cars are made from animal. Not necessarily just the leather parts, but there are other parts of cars. There are the byproducts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good on dad, dad joke, dad joke. <laughs> that was totally a dad joke. There are byproducts of um, animals in everything and I, I was given one of my dogs died not long ago and my husband bought me a Polaroid camera so I could take photos of her and have them right there with me as opposed to, you know, waiting and going and printing them off. And I had someone say to me, oh, don't you know that Polaroids aren't vegan? And I was like, what? <laughs> and they said, well, when, really? they're, when they're, you know, printed out of the little Polaroid camera, the it, one of the inks in them isn't, isn't vegan. And I went, you know what? I just, I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> and that's what I, oh, I think my oh, response is basically. Yeah, I'm, do, I'm totally doing the best I can. I'm eating the foods that, are, that make me feel good. But. You know, it just you can't escape it sometimes. I choose to buy products that are environmentally friendly always um, that have not been tested on animals. That's one thing that I'm adamant about purely because I just don't like this, that, that idea of, you know, using products that have been tried on pigs and monkeys and rabbits. It just doesn't, doesn't work for me. But I just choose eco-friendly, cruelty-free products. Some of them might have beeswax in them, like the sunscreen that I wear. And moving up to the Sunshine Coast, I've got to take care of my skin. I don't want to end up with skin cancers. And, you know, the, but the sunscreen I use is completely natural and organic. It's cruelty-free, but it does have a bit of beeswax in it. And it, that's something that a lot of vegans will refuse to use because there's a little bit of beeswax in it. So you can't escape it. And if you, I think you're, you're doing amazing if you've got absolutely nothing in your home that comes from an animal. I really take my hat off to you. I, I don't. I'm sure there, there's things in my house that, you know, aren't vegan, but that's the way it is. Yeah, uh, I think there's a lot of wisdom in the fact that you're unattached to it. That's I think that's yeah. where most stress comes in people's lives is that Excellent. attachment that it has to be that way. And if it's yes. not, then they're failed or they're bad or they're guilty or whatever. And yep. um, that's the biggest challenge. I want to go I just, back I, to the can kitchen. Can I just say something? I just yeah. Googled uh, – are Polaroids vegan? I just Googled it. Yeah. And someone else has asked that question. It's actually yeah. on a thing called Veggie Boards, right? Mm-hmm. Amazing. Like there's a whole discussion on it. And now yeah. there's uh, there's paper that is vegan. I, I just didn't actually think that, uh, that it went that far. So I'm fascinated. It's um, Look, it is. It's one of those things where you just have to roll with the punches as with anything in life. Are computers vegan, Damien? Not if there's gelatin. There's yeah, got to be Exactly. Now, Adele, back into the kitchen for a moment. Mm-hmm. We asked this question a lot on 100 Not Out, and I'm very curious to know what is breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and the occasional snack look like in the McConnell residence? Oh, that's a good one. So, I love. 
I love smoothies in the morning. I, however, I have to make sure that I don't have things that are too cold. Um, I do see a TCM, so a traditional Chinese medicine doctor. I get acupuncture weekly and I've got a very damp and cool constitution. So I need to make sure that I'm not feeding that dampness with cold foods. So I do have my smoothies. I try and steer clear of, um, you know, protein powders. They don't work for me, but I love hemp seeds. So I'll put like hemp seeds in my smoothies in the morning. Um, and then for lunch, I'll usually have, you know, maybe some falafel, um, leftovers from the night before. So like soup or stir fry, I'll often throw a whole lot of stuff in my slow cooker in the morning. So, I'll, you know, yesterday I did red lentils, quinoa, sauteed onions, and a whole heap of vegetables, a can of tomato, uh, crushed tomato, some water and a bit of salt. I covered it over in my slow cooker and that cooked for about three hours and that was ready for lunch and I had that for lunch and dinner. So, you know, I'm, I'm multi, I'm multi, yeah, you know, double up. Yeah, double up totally. Uh, and then dinners, like tonight we grilled a whole lot of veggies on the barbecue. Uh, we had hummus. I had a whole heap of olives because I love olives. Uh, and I really, really try and vary it up. So, you know, often I'll have curry, uh, dal, you, you know, with, some, with a little bit of brown rice. I don't have a lot of rice. Again, it's not great for my digestion, but I have a little bit of brown rice occasionally. I just love a variety of foods. And it's funny, as the weather gets warmer, my appetite really gets less and less, whereas wintertime comes and I just want to eat everything in sight. But as summer rolls around and the warmer weather up here, I'm finding that I just want really, really light foods at dinner time because it's so warm. So I just mix it up. Paul, will, my husband, he will eat, like I said, everything that I eat except in the morning. He loves his wheat bix and that's one thing that I've not been able to change. Uh, and <laughs> I'm I, going to send you some forage, actually, oh, Adele. Yeah, Damien has a great please. cereal range, Adele. I've tried. I I didn't know that actually. I did stalk that. Uh, I just I, and I have I have seen forage before and it looks amazing. I have tried to get him on every single type of cereal under the sun and I'm trying all the healthy options and he just won't get away from the wheat because that's six <laughs> years of me trying. So please send me some forage because I'm sure it will work. I'm gonna do that. Uh, hey Adele, I just want to ask a question on that because. There's so much research coming out now. I'm a healthy food guy. Like I'm into healthy food. I love it. I'm not. I'm not paleo. I'm not vegan. I'm not. You know, strict blood type. I kind of just I go. I like what you said. I feel my way, to, mm. and I find things that are really good for me. And I've always felt that eating gluten was not good for me. I haven't felt good on gluten. Right? Never. I never liked it. And the research now says that every single human being on the planet. It has a negative response to gluten in that it causes and triggers the secretion of a hormone called zonulin, which causes leaky gut. Now, the research is, is unequivocal. It's coming out of Italy. It's, it's, it's been, um, I suppose, more popular now that we're having... Um, we don't have GM crops in Australia for wheat, but we have um, hybridized crops in Australia. And so we're now manufacturing or growing crops with more gluten and greater yield and all that sort of stuff. As a vegan, it's actually it's okay to eat gluten, isn't it? But if the research is saying you know you should be careful of it, what do you do? Oh, I steer clear of it. Um, do? I know I know the sorts of things that you're talking about, and they're the things like you know the the Satan. So it's spelled S, <laughs> not like Satan is in the devil. It's uh, it's S E I T A N Satan, uh, okay. and that is a wheat gluten. Uh, that is made to mimic meat. There is, you know, there's the faux oh, meat yes, products. They're there's, terrible. Oh, they're, look, My they're just gosh. highly pro. It's highly processed rubbish, That's and terrible. 
as far as I'm concerned, you'd be better off actually eating the meat than eating that rubbish. I don't enjoy it. I, I try and, you know, steer clear of it. I get, you know, I go to friends' houses and they go, oh, I made you a fake chicken parma. And I go, oh, thanks. Oh, <laughs> great. A soy sausage. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I I find that when I eat when I have eaten things like that in the past, they really do upset my stomach and my gut as well. As I said earlier, you know, if I we've got a beautiful farmers market near us that does mostly organic stuff and they, they do this beautiful um really highly fermented sourdough bread and I'm talking it's heavy you can't eat more than one slice of it because it's a really dense heavy well fermented bread and it's got that really sour taste and smell that's probably the only bread that I'll handle uh if I eat rubbish pasta like if I'm making up a pasta dish and the pasta is not great it affects me so badly. Whereas, you know, I go the gluten-free route. Most of it's quite good. There are some gluten-free things that I'll stay away from that just don't, again, don't sit well in my stomach. But the whole wheat gluten debate, I am fascinated by it. It's something that I haven't explored a lot of, but I do know that in that two years that I was strictly uh, gluten, uh, wheat and gluten-free, I never felt better. I had, you know, no fogginess in my brain. I had you know, no throat issues. I always um, would get um, tonsillitis, but that cleared up when I, when I, you know, stopped eating wheat and gluten. So I love the fact that there's more, you know, more research coming out about it. People need to know that it's not great for them. Uh, again, though, it's, well, you know, everyone just has to do what they can do. If you can cut it out, great. And if there's going to be times where you want to eat that bit of bread, <laughs> well, what do you do? You know, you go the gluten-free route, that's all you can do. Yeah, don't go crazy about it. Now, don't Adele, how can, how can people keep in touch with you? Um, where can people buy your book? Obviously, they can go to your, your Facebook page, but how uh, can people get in touch with you and, and what you're doing these days? Yeah, look, they can jump on the website. So it's veggiehead.com with one G, V-E-G-I-E, head.com. They can check me out on Facebook, which is just veggiehead on Facebook. And my book, The Vegan Cookbook, is available worldwide in any good bookstore and online, so like Amazon, Fish Pond, Book World, all of those. Uh, and then I've got all my ebooks and my my programs on the website as well, so they can all check them out there. Oh my god! There's gosh. no there's, there's no judgment on my page. You no, and there's no shortage stuff. to content. There's so much content. <laughs> Good is. on you, Adele. It's been such a, a pleasure interviewing you tonight, and thank you so much for being with us on the Wellness Guys. Now, everybody, make sure you go to our Facebook page facebook.com forward slash the wellness guys and tell us what you thought of this episode share this podcast with your friends and family and other strangers you think need a wellness update particularly those who are contemplating vegan maybe they might want to listen Ooh. to this one it could be good hey subscribe to us on itunes and while you're there leave us a five star rating because you know marcus and myself especially we love them love them and so does lawrence and brett and they'll be happy when they get back from swanning around the world they'll be wrapped because there's five star ratings uh, give us a comment as well because we love reading them and until next week begin creating wellness into your lives lead by example and let's change the world's health together join us next week on the wellness guy show hi it's damien christoph here if you're loving the wellness couch podcast then you'll absolutely love our special once only free four-part webinar series starting thursday october 30 join me and my wellness guys co-host plus marcus pierce from 100 not out and inside the champion's mind as we dive deep into the hot topics of wellness over four consecutive weeks brett hill will kick us off by showing you how to be fab and fit in five I'll be presenting What the F and discussing the big bad F words when it comes to food. Lawrence Tam will leave you inspired with a magnificent
magnificent mindset, an MP will reveal his 10-step formula to mastering your life. These webinars are absolutely free and they go for an hour each and they take place every Thursday night from October 30 until November 20. To get access, you must sign up. So simply go to www.thewellnesscouch.com or check out The Wellness Couch on Facebook. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.